When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Andy Brant Bernard and me, uh, Alex, and well. Catherine is seeing her father. Alex is watching her daughter, whose birthday it is today, graduate from school, from, from kindergarten. And Ellie Nick's not here, so Andy and I are going to handle this. Ian Jenkins, MD. Dr. Jenkins will join us right after this with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it, and what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you wanna know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're gonna hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you wanna understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you gotta be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, it's quiz time. Ooh, I love quiz time. Let me guess. Breck called and they want their diploma back. Easy. I earned that fair and square. In fact, it's right. Ah, well, look what you made me do. Sorry. So what's the question? So you've heard about the new car inventory shortages, right? Yeah, you've mentioned it about a million times. Guess how many 2021 Rogues we have in stock at Burnsville Nissan and Coon Rapids Nissan? Mm, seven. Close. The actual number is 209. A lot of Nissan dealers are really low, but we're in good shape for the next month or so. So there's no reason to hurry? That's not great messaging. How about don't dawdle? There's a word you don't hear often there, Monty Burns. Yeah, funny. Anyway, the all-new 2021 Rogue is a great vehicle, and we're lucky enough to have a bunch. We've got great leases, and they all come with Walzer Care, which is a 10-year warranty for free. But wait, there's more. Read this. Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan want your trade and will give you an extra $1,000. That's pretty cool. Go to Coon Rapids Nissan or WalzerNissan.com for details. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we provide a unique experience for our business banking customers that can't be found at the big banks. Our customers appreciate our high-touch, high-tech approach where they get all the benefits of working with a local bank. Our team will get to know your business and its unique challenges while still offering all of the online and mobile banking options you will find at the big banks. Also, when your business banks with North American Banking Company, you'll be working with an experienced team of lenders who know this marketplace and will be ready to help your business capitalize on any opportunity or solve any problem. You add it all up, North American Banking Company is a better banking experience. <clears throat> Excuse me, you uh, do mind if I jump in here? Well, Tommy, if you feel the need, go ahead. <sighs> Amateurs, why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. We are back, Andy. There's no doubt about it. Let me know when the doctor's ready to go. He's not on until next hour. Oh, he's in the second hour. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't even notice that. Dr. Jenkins is going to join us in the second hour, not the first hour. 
We haven't heard if L.A. Nick's coming in or not yet. No, so we I have not. Uh, I assume he's probably not, though, because he would have been here 15 minutes ago. Hopefully everything's okay with him. I'm, you know, yeah, you hold hope against hope that something mm-hmm. weird didn't go on. But, yeah, we haven't heard from him. He usually calls in or, or emails us if he's not coming in. So, But Catherine is with her father. Uh, a, a, an appointment, and Alex is uh, watching Fawny graduate from from kindergarten. It's her fifth birthday today, so it's a very big day for the family. Um, so here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Court to Shell Oil, hurry up cutting carbon emissions. They're an oil company. How are they going to do that? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I would like to know, seriously, uh, you know, you're, you're pushing this in landmark case uh, brought by activists. Hague District Court mandates 45% reduction by 2030. So in the next nine years, a 45% reduction. I would also like to talk to people about uh, not supporting countries who pollute the living piss out of our uh, environment. But we give them fistfuls of dollars every day. So if we want to have a much cleaner planet. Why are we giving money to people who pollute like madmen? Well, they don't want a cleaner planet. They just want to say they do so they can get votes. So that's what it is. It's all about getting votes. Yep. They don't really care about a cleaner planet. Well, if they did, they would do something about it. And when I say do something about it, I don't mean, you know, make up rules that don't actually have any concrete goals. Right, I mean, right. That's the one thing about activists is that you'll notice that they never have a concrete goal that can be accomplished. That's true. It's always just better, better, more, more, because their entire life revolves around staying activists because it's a position of power. If they accomplished their goal, they wouldn't be activists anymore. They'd have to relinquish their power, but, yeah, and that's true. not the goal. That's a very good point. A Dutch court has ordered Royal Dutch Shell to cut its carbon emissions by a net 45% by 2030 compared to 2019 levels in a uh, landmark case brought by climate activist groups. The ruling Wednesday by the Hague District Court could set a precedent for similar cases against polluting multinationals around the world. The court ruled that the Anglo-Dutch uh, energy giant has a duty of care to re- uh, reduce emissions and that its current reduction plans aren't concrete enough. The court said Shell isn't currently in breach of its obligation to reduce emissions, as the environmental groups argued, because the parent company is tightening its emissions policy. However, it added that the policy is not concrete, has many caveats, and is based on monitoring social developments rather than the company's own responsibility for achieving a CO2 reduction. So, uh, yeah, my question is this. So why don't we, uh, like Western Europe, I understand why you would want to support them, and that makes total sense, uh, because they're trying their best too. But India, China, a lot of places in Africa, uh, we could keep on going. They just, they're not even trying uh, are they, are they still doing that whole deal where truckload upon truckload of garbage is dumped in the river and it goes out into the ocean? Yep. They still do that all the time, and yeah. we, we still do business with people like oh, yeah. that. That's we, what I'm saying is if we wanted to reduce emissions and reduce pollution, we would stop doing business with people like that. We would start indeed. producing things domestically because it would reduce having to you know, ship thousands, millions of crates across the ocean and heavily polluting, heavily inefficient uh, barges. I mean, the amount of barges going across the ocean is astronomical. It is. And every single one of them is burning gallons of fuel every minute because they're so big. But we seem to not have any problem with that. You can burn all the fuel you want as long as you're delivering us cheap consumer crap. Yeah, that's very true. John Cena, of course, came out uh, yesterday, and uh, he speaks Chinese, apparently. Uh, Here's a guy, by the way, um, that uh, he's got a new movie coming out, and he said, hey, uh, Taiwan's going to be the first country that's able to see the movie. And then China got mad at him because Mm -hmm. uh, they say Taiwan's not a country. It's a a territory of China. So John Cena, ass-kisser that he is. Is it how much is he worth anyway? Will you look and see how much his net worth's got to be close to a hundred million dollars. It's got to be. He's in movies, wrestling. He does commercials. I mean, the guy works constantly. Yes, somewhere around sixty. Sixty million. Mm-hmm. So the first thing he does is in Chinese. He releases a worldwide uh, video. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, China. You're right. Taiwan's not a country. It's it, it's not a part of the deal, and I do apologize. I'm so sorry, 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 sorry. Yep. He said sorry like four times. Mm-hmm. 
uh, knowing that they have slavery in China, knowing how Chinese people are treated by their government, knowing all these things, but because American movies do very well in China, he's got a new movie out, so what is the first thing he does? Kiss their ass. I tell you, if I had $60 million, you could kiss my living ass. I'm guaranteeing yeah, right. you that. I got enough money. If I got 60 million bucks, I got enough money. Good, good for you. You guys do whatever you need, but it's never enough. So things like pollution and slavery and treating your people like dirt, imprisoning people for years. And, well, of course, every country does that, including the United States. But um, it just makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense, any of this stuff anymore, to me, that we just look past slavery, we look past pollution, we look past dirty business dealings, and it's all in the name of money. And getting votes. That's what it's all about, which really is unfortunate. It's really sad that that is uh, going on. This is interesting, and I like this. I haven't seen the whole story. John Oliver, uh, on Sunday night, delved into the topic of local news and its questionable use of sponsored content. And apparently, the last week tonight segment was quite effective. Two station groups, Deadline describes as major, say they will review their station's use of sponsored content in response to the HBO show. Oliver's team paid three stations amounts ranging from $1,750 to $2,800 in order to get on an on-air personality to interview someone posing as a rep for a fake product, the sexual wellness blanket. Of course it is. The sexual wellness blanket. Oliver's point, if companies pay the right price, they can essentially hawk their products on the news in a way that makes some uh, sometimes dubious products seem legitimate. Stations must make sponsorship identification announcement, but Oliver's argument is that those are easily missed by a TV viewer who might see the segment as actual news rather than a paid spot. Uh, I wouldn't just point out Mr. Uh, Mr. Oliver, and I, I'm glad you're doing this, by the way. I really am glad you're doing this. But we also need to pay attention to the national news because all the national news does is suck up to one party or another in order to get viewers. And I'm talking about not covering very important news. Uh, CNN does that a lot. But that guy, that Jeff Zucker that runs that place, is the might be one of the worst human beings ever born. He almost destroyed NBC, and he, he'll eventually destroy, destroy CNN. There, aren't their numbers still way, their way down? Their ratings are horrible, yeah. They're horrible now because they lie. And I'm not saying that Fox doesn't lie, but they don't lie as much as CNN does. CNN covers up entire stories, and I do love the fact there was something new now. They were trying to blame something else. And again, I'm not defending Trump. I mean, he's being investigated for felonies. I'm not going to defend someone until I find out what the hell they did or did not do. If he's guilty, he needs to pay the price. And if he's not guilty, maybe it's time to back off and leave him alone. One or the other, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I would just like to see, I agree with Mr. Oliver, that the local news should not present advertising as as news because it's not news and by the same token the national news should not not lie and cover stories up or not run stories at all because it doesn't fit their narrative or their political views that draw them the most money now it's not working for cnn because their revenue sucks their ratings suck it's terrible they got some talent on that station too there are a couple of people on there oh geez what from last quarter, CNN was down 47%. Yeah, it doesn't surprise. And they were One million down. viewers in prime time. That's it? One million. That's all they got now. Yep. Well, they have horrible people on the air, too, because they got oh, some yeah, they're good all god awful anchors. They all. They don't actually deliver any news. They just scream and cry about the latest, uh, you know, the right wing is evil kind of thing. Yeah. No yeah. one wants to watch that. No, they don't. And I mean, I, Fox know. is way down, too, but it's still higher than... It's more than double CNN. Yeah, I think all that national news is way... Well, it's your, all way down, yes. Your mom and I don't watch it anywhere near as much as we used to. It's too damn depressing. I never have. Well, I don't blame you, Andy, because if you tune into the national news, whether it's on Fox or CNN or whatever you watch, uh, it, it's just too damn depressing. It's like, this sucks, that sucks. Well, today I tuned in to watch the news a little bit. And apparently there's been another shooting in in, uh, in America, in San Jose, California. Some guy at, I believe, a shipping or a rail rail yard or a shipping yard or somewhere out in San Jose, California, opened fire on his co-workers. It's happening every day now. Every day you get a business shooting. You get little children, little babies shot to death in the streets or at least severely wounded in the streets. We've got 
to stop all of the stuff we're doing right now, this hatred that's puked out on the news every night. The fact that... Uh, it's not just the news. No, it's not. Federal government does it. Local governments do it. Yeah, Hollywood do. does it. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And it's all... Like, it has nothing to do with serving you and me. It has to do with making money. They do it so you'll watch them so they'll make money. But it's not working. And congratulations to the American people for that. As I said, Catherine and I watch... I bet you we don't even watch 10% as much as we used to. We used to watch the news every night just to find out what was going on. We maybe, maybe your mom and I will sit down and watch the news for about 15 minutes a week now. Because it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Oh, yeah, every time I catch a glimpse at like a, you know, a TV screen that has a news station on it, because, you know, like the one downstairs, it usually has CNN on it. Yeah, it does. And, right. um... <clears throat> the lower third is always the same thing. It's always, you know, it's time to fight back against the white man. It's time to fight yep. back against the Republicans, It's et cetera, et cetera. That's all it is every single time. It's like how often yep. can you hear the same message and still care? Yeah, and that's you're absolutely right about that. It's the same thing every day, and that's why nobody's watching them. Because you puke up the same stuff every day, and we're sick to death of watching it. Maybe you could give us the real news and not your spin on the news. That would that would help in one way. Nope. But I guess that's not going to happen. So it, it's just money, money. Well, look at John Cena. He's a man worth $60 million who gets on his knees and kisses ass on the Chinese so he could make more money. Now that is going to destroy his career. It probably will eventually. Cause Speaking I know, of destroyed careers, if you had to guess what the 25 to 4, 54 demo average is for um, CNN Tonight, that's Don Lemon. Oh, that guy's dreadfully bad. Well, the entire country agrees because he's averaging 236,000 oh, in the key demo. That's so amazing that, that we do a local a radio show and a local podcast that has more numbers, more bodies than national TV shows. Well, like I said, why would you tune in if you know it's going to be the exact same thing? Yeah, well, that's a, well, why your mom and I don't. It'd be like watching a TV show that has one episode that they play <laughs> every week. Well, exactly. You're going to stop watching eventually. No, you are. We got Officer Dave on the phone. Let's. I don't talk to police officers. I want to defund the police, particularly in the western suburbs, but... Not, I don't blame you. <laughs> you're not buying that one, are you? I, wanna, I don't blame you at all. I want to defund the police no, not, so that they all quit, a... and then crime skyrockets, and then I have to beg for more police. Yes, exactly. That's what we want to do. Exactly. Officer. Yeah, you're, we're being programmed, Tom, by the big news companies. Yes, we are. That's uh, what it is. And it works, it's too. It's programming to fit their narrative. It just amazes me because from the time I was a little boy, I was given a break by the police uh, when I was, I guess I was about 19 or 20 years old. My friend and I were wandering around at 4 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning uh, over by St. Anne School uh, on the north side. And the cop uh, pull, pulls over and goes, what are you, what are you boys up to? My friend, had, uh, Roy, had just gotten back from Vietnam. So he and I were walking around just getting to know one another again because I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. And we're talking and whatever. And the cop said to Roy, what are you guys doing? And he said, and Roy said, none of your goddamn business, uh, oh, oh. Which, which was not handled well. Now, St. <laughs> Anne's has little alcoves leading, leading into their doorways. So he was taken into one alcove and I was taken into another alcove. And I all of a sudden started hearing all this noise. I couldn't see anything, but I heard all this noise. And the sergeant, because it's right behind the old, uh, what is it, the 5th Precinct over in North Minneapolis there? No, that's the 4th. That's the 4th. That's right. That's the 4th. So the 4th, right behind the old 4th Precinct police. I don't think it's, the station's there anymore. I think it moved. But it was yeah, right across. Yeah, they tore it down and built a new one. That's yep. what I thought, yeah. So I, is it in the same location? I don't know about that for sure. Yeah, I don't either. But, yeah, the, the, new, the new one, or the one that's there now is, was pretty much state-of-the-art when it was built. Well, the one on Plymouth Avenue is really nice. Yeah, that one's really nice. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the, that's, that's the new one. Okay, okay, excellent. That's the fourth precinct one, yep. The one that was on uh, West Broadway was right across the street from St. Anne's. And so the sergeant, the desk sergeant, walks over and he walks up and he goes, What's your name, kid? And I said, Tom. He goes, Where do you live, Tom? I said, About three blocks straight down 26th Avenue. He goes, Tom, you hear that noise in the next uh, archive? Uh, the alcove, I mean? I said, yeah, I, I do. He goes, it's not going too well for your buddy. I said, oh, okay. And he goes, now you have a choice. 
we can either arrest you for lurking at 4.30 in the morning. And at the time, I had no idea what lurking meant. <laughs> I had no idea what the hell he meant by you that. You were how old at this point? Uh, 18 or 19, something like that. Old enough to know better. Yeah, it's old enough to know better, exactly. So I said, Tom, here's what we're going to do, because you really <laughs> haven't done anything. We could still get you for lurking, but you, want, you could make the choice. You could either be a pain in the ass, and there's going to be a lot of noise coming out of this alcove, or you could just say you're sorry and go home. Well, that day changed my view of cops completely because he didn't just come over and start punching me or kicking my ass or whatever. He said, I'm going to give you a choice. You can be a prick or you can go home. It's up to you, which yep. I loved. I thought it was great. You know, and I look, I'm, my mother's first cousin, my second cousin, Lamont Dean, was a Hennepin County deputy sheriff. He was a Minneapolis cop. Uh, we had uh, cops in the family. I've always liked cops. I've never had any problem with cops. Like other people do, I guess. I don't have any problem with cops, and I never have. Why? It, now, growing yeah, I, up where I, I grew heard, up, how? How is that possible? I, I've heard that people have issues with us, and we're all, you know, we're all the same. All of us are the same. Well, funny, isn't that what you guys are saying, that the white people are treating the black people? You know, mm, it's like we're it's all, just it's not true. Not, we're not all the same. No. How many times have you said we're not? all the same stop treating each other the same you're everybody's nobody's special it's like come nope. on no it's exactly right and boy did people get mad at me when i said look let me just tell you something all you people out there to get so offended by every comment you're not special and i'm not special let it go calm down yeah, for exactly. god's sake exactly I've been called plenty yep. of names. I've had people going after my career. Trying, well, they ended my voiceover career. The local press did. There's no doubt about it. Do I sit and right. you know go over there and knock on their door and go, I'm mad at you. Hey, you know, I don't appreciate <laughs> what they did, but they, you know, they're dickless no, wonders. And they had you. to show their power somehow. So I hear good you. for you. Yep. Yeah, I, I just 800% increase in gun violence in Portland, Oregon over the past year. 800% increase. Is that increase. crazy? Hmm. I, I, when's it going to stop? How are we going to stop this, Officer Dave? And we we have to. The police have to take control. They there do. has to yep. be control again. You've said it a bazillion times. If there's no consequences for anything, yep. what's going to happen? It ain't going to run wild. And that's exactly nope. what's happening. And it's exactly what's happening. But they cannot say that it's happening because then they'll be offending the people that are screwing up and doing the making it horrible you know it's, it's they've created this culture now we have to live with it yeah, well, and by they I mean the politicians that we can't we've got to hold right. everybody's hand and nobody can can do anything on their own we have to the government has to do it for them yeah, that's exactly the whole deal. I, I just, as I said, treat everybody the same. I don't give a damn what your skin color is or your religion is or your orientation is. Or I don't care about, I, I don't even know you. Why would I care what you are or who you are? If I get to know you and you're not a nice person, I don't want you anywhere near me. But if you're a nice person, I, I'm good. Everything's good. No, I'm good. Yeah, it's that's how I am too. It's, yep. it's just, oh. But yeah, CNN, Fox, they're all programming us. Every one of them, no one side is better than the other side. No, you're right. You're, it's just, you're absolutely it's, right. It's just, they're programming us to what they want us to believe. And before long, I can't tell you how many times I've hear, heard you say, we'll all be wearing the gray pajamas and the black slippers going to work at the broomstick factory. Exactly. I got that it's from coming. Joe Souchere, actually. Souchere is the first guy I ever heard say that. <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. I love it. It is. It's, it's right on perfect. the money. It's right on the money. It yeah. is. Going to work at the yep. broom factory in your black pajamas and your in your gray uh, slippers. Yep. All right, Pally. No doubt well, about it. Try to try to stay alert today, will you? All right. I'll no naps in the car is what you're telling me. <laughs> you can't take a nap in the squad car. It's exactly what I'm saying. It's <laughs> exactly right, man. All I, right, Tom. I, I Tom, Andy, you take care, my boys. Thanks a you lot. You bet, guys. Bye. Take care. Officer Dave, ladies and gentlemen, and again, it's not, oh, you're, see, I'm, we're not even saying you're 100% wrong. All we're saying is uh, 
we need to kind of rein in attitudes because particularly if you're making money from it, if you're making, if you're a politician, you're making money by puking up your garbage, then I really have no respect for you at all. You're not showing any leadership at all. All you're doing is winding things up so you can make more money. That is not leadership. Sorry. We need much better leadership. Our leadership right now is dreadful. And I'm talking about a citywide basis I don't know about a state. Well, some of the things that Walls does are okay, and others are way out of the, they're just out there. And he, he loves to spend our tax money. I know that. But in general, I, I've never met uh, Governor Walls. I've heard he's a pretty decent guy. I don't know anything about the guy. Uh, I know that uh, several people that served with him were not fans of his because he, he quit. Uh, he, he retired from the Army just before he was going to be sent over to the Middle East. That's what a lot of people have told me, so I, I don't know if that's what happened. That's what they think happened, so I don't I don't know what to tell you. But, yeah, just very quickly back to John Oliver and the, and the Jeff Zuckers of the world. John Oliver went after local. Now go, it's time to go after national now, Mr. Oliver. They think happened, so I don't. Whoa. What was that? I accidentally put autoplay on our site. Autoplay, baby. No autoplay allowed. No autoplay allowed. But People yes. find it annoying, including me. Yes, exactly. So I'm just saying, look, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of John Oliver for going after local news. Now it's time to go after the national news because you people are not telling the truth. Not all of them. Some of them do tell the truth. I, uh, you know, I used to watch Anderson Cooper a lot. I've interviewed him many times. I liked him, but, man, he's completely changed now, too. He sure has. He really has just fallen for the whole deal. But I suppose they all want to hold on to their job, I guess. Yep. I, I don't know. But, yeah, Don Lemon's about it. He, one of the most hateful people that oh, I've God, ever seen. Yeah. On top. My God, is he filled with hatred, which is not a good thing for a handsome black gay man. He should be offering a perfect example of, hey, look how even keel this is. You know, yes, look I, how successful I've been. Yeah. Because he's extremely successful. Yeah, he's done very, very well. I mean, he has no listeners now or viewers now <laughs> well, because he's he, so, so hateable. He used to be successful, I should say. I mean, I don't hate the guy. I just don't care for him because all he's ever got is you suck and I'm wonderful. Yep. That's his deal now. We, my God, we have to take a break already, Andy. That segment mm-hmm. went by very, very quickly. We shall be right back. Second hour, we've got a special guest coming up. We'll be right back, Andy and I, the family, right after this. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with My Pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue, and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM. Dan Chesky is here from Dan's Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. What's more important than reliable plumbing? Having someone you can rely on in case it ever needs attention. Hi, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Look, you don't want to mess around with leaks or shoddy installation or repair when it comes to plumbing. Sabre is the largest installer of Moen fixtures and Ream water heaters in Minnesota. 
They're dependable pros who get the job done right. So when plumbing happens, call Sabre or visit saberheating.com. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to Officer Dave for calling in, giving us uh, his view on the situation. I agree with him completely. I I, I have a really hard time um, with the national news. Uh, You know, not across the board. There's some people I do like to watch, as a matter of fact. Um, But, you know, it's getting to be less and less because one thing I noticed, uh, whether it's CNN or Fox or whatever, when CNN bounced way up back in the day, they went off the deep end. Fox went off the deep end when they shot way up. And I don't know. They're just not my kind of – I guess that's the number one thing that I should say, that that those national TV people are really not my kind of people anyway. I've known many of them over the years, and it's a very questionable judgment if you ask me. You know what I'm saying? I just, I don't know. It, it, I just don't believe everything these people say because they're lying to you, trying to get you to watch, you know, trying to make more money, all the rest of it. So if it weren't for that, back in the day, but, but again, everybody talks, well, oh, I wish we were back. Walter Cronkite is the one who started it. He was the first one who lied on national television. First one that I know of anyway. Maybe it did happen before. But he went on and lied about the Bay of Tonkin. Before him, was there national television? Yeah, probably not. I mean, yeah, all all news was local back then. Yeah, pretty much. You just had ABC, NBC, and CBS News, and that was about it. There was no Fox back then. It was ABC News, CBS News, which is where Walter Cronkite was, and NBC News. But, yeah, he, he lied about the Bay of Tonkin many, many, many years ago. So, you know, Walter Cronkite was no angel either. As a guy like to put a lot of spin on stories just to maintain that uh, he got the, he got the huge ratings though man can you imagine ratings back in the day when there were only three outlets and you got to divide up about oh, yeah. two hundred and fifty million people back mm-hmm. then probably had some pretty high ratings I would imagine back in those days I if you'd find those numbers you could probably find those numbers I would imagine from you'd have to look what like from nineteen Oh, late the late seventies, because well, HBO came on in the late seventies, but they didn't really do news. Well, ABC Evening News started in '53. Yeah, right, exactly. So yeah, that's the kind of thing. And CBS back in the fifties and sixties, I believe, always did better than everybody else because of Walter Cronkite. People loved him because he'd come on and talk like this. Mm-hmm. This is the news. But that was the delivery back then. That you had, a, you didn't talk like a human being. You talked like a newsman. That's just the way things were back then. What did you find out? What were his ratings back in the sixties? Uh, I don't know if you can find this. Oh, you can't. <clears throat> You'd think you could actually. You'll find that a lot of uh, TV and radio stations, if it's more than twenty years old, they probably set it on fire and threw it in a dumpster. Really. Yeah, no one keeps archives. I don't know why. Oh, that's weird. Or especially back then, no one kept archives. Yeah, that's true. Or if they that's did, true. they kept it on something like nitrocellulose, which degraded over time. Yeah, there you go. Oh, God, yes. Remember that, that one Hollywood vault? I <clears> guess exactly. Half the stuff in that Hollywood vault just disintegrated. Yeah, we. I think like 90% of movies made before 1920 are lost forever. Yeah. Because they were recorded on uh, volatile media. And there even tapes, you, go. you know, tapes go bad eventually if they're not stored properly. Right. Whereas nowadays, you put something on a USB drive, you can just, you know, leave it in a room somewhere and it'll be fine in 100 years. Not the case anymore, or back then. Indeed. Indeed, it's true. At just two years old, Cash Quest, is it Cash or Kasha? Because it's K-A-S-H-E. I think that would be Cash or Kasha. I have no idea. I have no clue. I'm going with Cash. At uh, just two years old, Cash Quest has become the youngest member of American Menza, Fox LA reports in an exclusive interview with the toddler and her mom. Sukhit Atval says she and Cash's father started noticing from a young age that their daughter had an excellent memory, knowing the alphabet numbers and much more by the time she was around 17 months. She has since tackled feats as knowing, is all, uh, knowing all 50 states by shape and location on a map identifying elements on the periodic table and more. She's also learning to read, speak Spanish, and do sign language. She's also, her mom says, a typical toddler. We have negotiations. We have tantrums. We have everything, and it's difficult, uh, different because the way we communicate with her, it has to be different because she's able to understand just a little bit more. 
She adds that she and Cash's dad let their little girl lead the way, not forcing anything on her. Mensa requires applicants to uh, take an approved IQ test and score in the top 2% of general population. Cash's uh, IQ is 146, which is really not that high. I mean, it's high, but it's not that high. It is, but also you can't really measure IQ at the age of two. No, you can't. So I'm very suspicious of this story to begin with. Yeah, the intelligence quotient is just... It's, isn't it kind of a vague idea about how smart you are anyway? Well, yeah, that's a, another big part of it. Uh, I mean, it, it's helpful, but at that age, it's really not very helpful. Yeah, I wouldn't think that it, that it is. Um, as far as Mensa is concerned, uh, you know, I... With Mensa, you have to, I think, either have a certified IQ test or they have a test that they uh, provide for you. And well, that's the thing is she doesn't have an adult IQ. No, she so doesn't. that wouldn't work. And I'm guarantee you she didn't pass the Mensa test. So how did she get in? Hmm. Waterway. Does anybody even apply for Mensa anymore? I don't think Mensa is very popular. Anymore. I don't think it is either. I mean, I don't think it ever really was, because it's like, what exactly is the point? Yeah, yeah. What is the point? I well, never really understood. <clears throat> you know, like why would I want to be part of it? What does it do? Well, I got to be honest. I was asked to, to join Mensa many, many, many years ago, and I had no interest. Like, why do I want to do that? You have to be in the 98th percentile or higher. So Which it's is, actually not that, uh, not that exclusive. No, it really. I mean, 98th isn't. percentile is extremely high, but you know that's still uh, a very, it's a whole lot of people. But isn't the 98th percentile like above 137 or something like that, or 135? What's the world population right now? For about 7.3 billion. It's not 8 yet? I thought it was 8. Oh, maybe it is 8. Well, 8 looks, and I haven't Let's looked see. at it in a couple of months, so maybe it is 8 7.8. It is 7.8, so it's higher than I thought and a little lower than you thought. So let's see. That would be 156 million people. So, 156 million you know. people. But is there a cutoff for the IQ? Well, that's what it is. It's the 98th percentile. But I'm, I'm talking about flat-out IQ, though. Uh, let's see. I wonder, I wonder where that comes in. Cause 146 is high, but it's not really 98th high. 98th percentile is 131. Oh, so it's lower than I thought it was. Cause I thought it was like 135 or 137. It's 131. Hey, look, and I'm not condemning anybody's got a 131 <laughs> IQ. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just, I don't know. That's the kind of thing. Once again, I'm going to join a club to tell you how smart I am. Yeah. I don't know the upside to that. It, it just seems a bit much for me. Look, for a two-year-old, I, I do believe that uh, mom and dad are pushing you a little too hard there, uh, Kasha. But, uh, or Kasha. Could, I, her name could be pronounced Kasha. I, I don't have know. no idea. Yeah, I don't know about pushing your kid to do that kind of thing. I don't, I don't see. I don't really see the upside to it myself. I think it's all a PR stunt anyway. Yeah, probably true. A You're floundering probably. organization needs uh, some press. So, oh, look at this. We got, we got a two-year-old. Everyone report on us so that they hear our name. Okay, full disclosure. The reason, you know, when, when I was asked by a couple of people to join Mensa and I turned it down is because I, I knew a couple of people that were in Mensa, and all they ever talked about was being in Mensa. Yeah. Every time they talked, you know, I'm in Mensa, and as one of right. the smartest people in the world, I, I'm like, would you settle down, for God's sake? <clears throat> right? Yeah. I mean, just take it easy with the... the, the is it... Cognition and perception, and there are all kinds of things to, to kind of throw it off balance, right? Well, yeah. So I don't know how accurate it is anyway. That's the whole problem that I have. IQ isn't really a measure of intelligence. No, it's it's not. a measure of a certain kind of intelligence. Right, exactly. Bill Shakespeare, who joyfully became the first man and second person in the world to receive the Pfizer coronavirus vaccine after its approval, has died of an unrelated illness. He was 81 years old, Mm. had suffered a stroke before his death on Thursday, the BBC reports. Margaret Keenan, 91, had been given a Pfizer shot just before Shakespeare last December at University Hospital in Coventry, England. He described the vaccination experience as wonderful. Joy Shakespeare said her husband appreciated the chance to receive the vaccine and took advantage of his global fame to encourage others to have the shots. It was something he was hugely proud of. He loved seeing the media coverage and the positive difference he was able to make uh, to the lives of so many. 
Bill Shakespeare had worked at Rolls-Royce and been a local government official for 30 years, per the Mirror, whose legacy includes three plantings and the creation of wooded areas. Well, that's very, very nice. Mourners include members of the Labor Party, in which he was active for decades. Bill was a lifelong campaigner, so he was delighted to be able to help with a vaccine effort. A friend and colleague said Bill would be remembered for many things. She posted online, including a taste for mischief. He died at the same hospital where he was vaccinated. Keenan is still feeling and doing well, per TMZ. So at 81, Bill Shakespeare has died of an unrelated illness. Actually, he does not look very healthy in the picture they put out about him. He's incredibly thin, for one thing. So that's not usually a very good sign for a guy 81 to be that thin. I don't know how the hell you'd live much longer, but... I don't know. He said he said that uh, getting the vaccine was a wonderful experience for him, and as I've told you, it was not a bad experience for me. It just it was nothing. I went in, got the shot. I sat there for 15 minutes. They came over and said, you're okay, and I went home, and that was it. I never had any reaction to it at all. Why would, why would some people have a reaction, Andy, and other people don't have any reaction? Well, that's the thing is we don't really know. We don't know why a lot of things happen. Yeah, I suppose that's true, but <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, I, I had absolutely no reaction to the shot whatsoever. She came over, and as I said, I've got a different, you know, sense of feeling than most people. I didn't even feel them giving me the shot, but I do have a weird, I'm not as sensitive to that kind of stuff as most people, and I, they think it's because of brain damage or something, I guess. Mm. I don't know what the hell it's all about, but it, it literally, if you were thinking of getting the shot, I would say absolutely, just sign up. If you can get the Johnson & Johnson one-shotter, that would be good. Now, with the qualifier that, that I'm not telling women what to do because I'm a man and I had a different experience, I would not tell a woman to get the shot or not get the shot because I still kind of wonder if it has a different effect on women than it does other people. I wonder. <clears throat> you know, I have no, no knowledge of that. I'm just, it's my own speculation, but I have heard the, the bad stories I've heard are almost all women, but there, you know, some men have died of it as well. So I don't know. It, it's we'll, we'll stay on top of it, I guess, right? Um, I did see. You know, you mentioned the that uh, the White House has issued a a harsh statement about the slavery in China, huh? Or is that not the? Oh no, no. That's I saw. Excuse me. I saw that on the news before I came over today. Uh. That apparently the White House has sent a very stern message to China about this damn slavery problem. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, meanwhile, giving them money yeah, so they exactly. can build a pipeline. That's great. We can't have a pipeline, but they can, even though they have slavery. I thought that was Russia. Uh, no, that was Russia. You're right. China, China's just, yeah, well, Russia China has slaves too, gets right? a bunch of trade deals and yeah, endorsements. Do, right. and. Uh, but know. Russia has some slavery, doesn't it? And like, uh, what the hell is the name of that puke hole that they send everybody to? Siberia? Siberia, yeah. That's basically kind of forced labor, isn't it? Well, I don't think uh, Russia really does that kind of thing. Oh, they don't? They just kind of have very, very bad living conditions in a lot of places. Well, they like to drink, though, so that's good. That is a big part of it, yes. Nothing wrong having a few Russian uh, vodkas and lighting up the night sky, you know what I mean? So I don't know. We uh, we shall see how it all all shakes out at the end. But uh, did you hear about this mature blue Stilton guy? I love this story. So no. this is magnificent story. <laughs> this, this is cops paying attention. This is why we need cops right here. Blue Stilton is the most disgusting thing in the world. Yeah, this guy's a huge fan, apparently. Yeah. Uh, if evading police was the goal, Carl Stewart seemed to be doing everything right. The U.K. drug dealer used an encrypted phone system called EncroChat and favored by organized crime in Europe. That, that is, uh, EncroChat is EncroChat. To carry out his surreptitious communications, and he adopted the handle Toffee Force to do business, selling heroin and cocaine, among other illicit substances. His downfall, however, wasn't a kilo of his wares. It was a block of delicately rich and creamy blue cheese. The 39-year-old from Liverpool had taken a picture of himself in what appeared to be a supermarket, holding a block of Stilton in his palm, and broadcasted in one of his messages. And the police were able to pick uh, to take that photo lift his prints from it, track him down, and arrested him. <laughs> I love that story. No way. Yeah, he held it up like this in his hand with his, with his hand. You know, the cheese was right there, and they, they could read his, 
fingerprints oh, from that camera. picture. Yeah, that's a really good camera. I guess You're if right. he's a major drug dealer, he's probably got a pretty nice phone. Mm, probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. Carl Stewart was involved in supplying large amounts of Class A and B drugs, but was caught by, uh, out by his love of Stilton cheese. The uh, detective inspector Lee Wilkinson said of Merseyside police uh, said in a release, The Verge notes that Stewart made two major blunders, posting the picture in the first place. The outlet notes fingerprints have been lifted uh, before from photos and using EncroChat, uh, which authorities infiltrated in March 2020, intercepting millions of supposedly encrypted messages. The Merseyside police note that about 60,000 EncroChat users have been uh, ID'd around the globe, all involved in coordinating and planning the supply and distribution of drugs and weapons, money laundering, and other criminal activity. Stewart pleaded guilty to charges of conspiracy to supply heroin, cocaine, ketamine, and MDMA, as well as a charge of transferring criminal property, was sentenced Friday to more than 13 years in prison because he had to show off his... uh, is Stilton cheese, is Stilton blue cheese. Hmm. I, 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 what, no, Stilton, is it, is it a really, is that that really smelly blue cheese? Uh, it doesn't really smell that bad, but it is extremely bitter. Oh, it is? Yeah. It's, I can eat pretty much anything, but Stilton is so disgusting. Well, why would you want to eat bitter cheese? Some though? people really love it. I don't know. I mean, I like blue cheese, don't get me wrong. I like like blue... It's not anything like blue cheese. So nothing like it? No, it's more like... I would liken its taste to a mixture of blue cheese and earwax. (laughs) Well, that, yes, that sounds very attractive. Yeah, it's really... No question. But it's so popular. I don't... I have a feeling it's like a genetic thing. Like, you can either taste the good parts or you can't based on your genes. I don't know. Yeah, there you it's go. It's like uh, cilantro. Some people say it tastes like soap. It's a genetic thing. I think Stilton is the same way. Oh, yeah, right. That makes sense. Princeton historian Sean Willents and politics professor Keith E. Whittington have both been critical of Nicole Hannah-Jones' 1619 Project. Why? Because it's a flat-out lie. Well, yeah, it is. It's a flat-out lie. It's not true at all, and some people just embrace it because they want to embrace it. Willens even penned an article describing the project's inaccuracies, including the creator's claim that American Revolution was fought to protect slavery. No, it was not. We fought the British. Well, the Revolution wasn't, I mean, you could argue about the Civil War, but not the Revolution. The Civil War was fought to end slavery. Well, it was fought for a number of reasons, now, that's depending true. on who you were. <laughs> that's true. You're right about that. But the Revolution, I don't think, had literally anything to do with Slavery. It had nothing to do with slavery. Did the you, British still have? Let's see. Did they have slaves in England still? I'm sure they when did. When did the 16, British yeah. abolish slavery? 1807. So there, there you, you go. go. Yeah, that yeah. couldn't have been about slavery. No, it's not about slavery. She's flat out lying, and she knows she's lying. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. If you thought uh, they'd be in support of the University of North Carolina's Board of Trustees refusing to offer tenure to the New York Times journalist upon, uh, well, first of all, she worked for the New York Times, and all they do is lie. That is true. Along with the Washington Post, that puke uh, Jeff Bezos's paper. And not to say that the, the conservative papers don't lie, because they do. But if you thought they'd be in support of the University of North Carolina's Board of Trustees refusing to offer a tenured New York Times journalist upon appointment to the Knight Chair in Race and Investigative Journalism at UNC Chapel Hill's Hussman School of Journalism and Media, that should have a really longer title, don't you think? Yeah, really. I think the title of Knight Chair in Race and Investigative Journalism at UNC Chapel Hill's Hussman School of Journalism and Media, it's a long title right there. You were wrong. Writing at the Chronicle of Higher Education, the professors say the decision following conservative backlash is a travesty that will do it. No, it's not just conservative backlash. It's all backlash. She's lying, and she knows she's lying. And she's making money from it once again. This is all about making money. And if you get people to hate one another, so what? You don't care. You made your money. Uh, in any case, uh, writing at the Chronicle of Higher Education, the professors say the decision following conservative backlash is a travesty and that will do lasting damage to the reputation of higher education in North Carolina and inspire similar tampering at universities across the country. They offer reasons faculty might have chosen not to offer Hannah Jones tenure, including her choice, to sometimes dismiss and demean her critics instead of engaging with their arguments on the merits. But these are matters to the fa- for the faculty to consider, not the politically appointed board of trustees. 
Indeed, for the Board of Trustees to interfere unilaterally or blatantly on political grounds is an attack on the integrity of the very institution it oversees. After all, the American Association of University Professors' uh, Declaration of Principles, uh-huh, mm. you mean like poisoning our children's minds, you mean that principle? It stresses that faculty members must have independence of thought as they seek to educate the wider public. Otherwise, public universities in red states and blue states alike would find themselves shrinking the acceptable range of scholarship and teaching, and the mission of the university would be corrupted. So, in other words, it went from her lying her ass off to, look at the great job we're doing educating your children. Mm -hmm. I mean, how did it slide down that far? Look, I've taken a gander at 16, 19 it's a flat-out lie. All of it is a lie. You know, she made it up as she went along, and people are falling for that because they want. Why do you think it is, Andy, that honkies in America right now want to hate themselves? What is that? I really could not tell you. That's one of the things it. that I just don't understand. Like, I don't either. You know, I get a lot of, you know psychopathic behavior, like pretending to be a victim when you're not. You know, yeah, right, right. It's ironically a position of power, but the self-hatred thing, I think it, in certain circles, it's still a position of power, so they yeah. do it. Or they're just cowards. You know, they don't want the mob to come after them, so right, they drop right. to their knees and start begging is basically what they're doing. That's what they do. You know, when you, you see some well-to-do white people in the rich, basically all-white suburb with a Black Lives Matter, you know, we believe that all love is love, et cetera, et cetera, sign. Right. You know, they're not doing it because they're actually supporting any given cause. They just, you know, when the angel of death visits their neighborhood, they want to have the lamb's blood on their doorway. (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, I brought this up yesterday on the KQ Morning Show. I said, you know... I don't understand people in wealthy suburbs uh, being the judge of what goes on in the inner city. You have no idea what goes on in the inner city. You think you do. No, they have no idea. But it'd be like me saying, I know what it's like to, you know, to wander around the streets of a very wealthy suburb and have lots of money in my pocket. I don't. I did not grow up that way, so I don't know what you people are doing or what what's going on. I use the example with Brian Zepp. I said... I can't go to Brian's up and say, hey, let me tell you how to run a farm in South Dakota. Because uh, I don't yeah, that know. That wouldn't go well. I mean, that's where he grew up, but I, have, I know nothing about that kind of thing. Well, by the same token, don't try to tell me you know what's going on in the inner city because mm-hmm. you have no clue what goes on in the inner city. Because if you did, you'd never call for no authority. It's, I'm sorry. It, it's just a very violent situation. Always has been. Hopefully it, all, it will not always be. Hopefully we'll figure it out. But stop pretending you know what it's all about in the inner city because y- you've got no idea, just like I have no idea about where you live. Mm-hmm. We'll take a break. Be right back. Uh, Dr. Ian Jenkins is going to join us for the second hour after this with the family.